We thank you, Father. Lift up your hands to the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Come on, one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, we want to bless you and praise you. You are glorified. This morning we sing of your mercies and your judgment. David said, I'll behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. A forward heart shall depart from me. We ask that your word will come to us in power, that we may apply our hearts to spiritual wisdom. Father, let this wisdom that proceeds from my lips be the wisdom that is from above, that will produce fruit, peaceable fruit, and that your name will be praised. We are with an unveiled face as we behold us in the mirror the glory of God are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the same Spirit. Be blessed, my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Seeing visions in my spirit. And visions I'm seeing is this church is going to sit in this thousand. Yeah. I didn't say one thousand. I said we're going to sit in our thousands. Yes. Mark this down. You're going to see. The Lord is going to do a quick one. Many would trip, troop in with passion, with a hunger to hear the word of God. God would do a great work in our church. Thank you, Father. We are so grateful for all that you do for us. I am grateful. Thank you, my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so um, last week we began a new series which we titled What's New About the Believer? We said another way we can title it is Now that I'm born again, what next? Now, when you read the book of Hebrews chapter 2 Thank you, Holy Spirit. We read from the verse um, 3. Now, the Bible says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? So great salvation. What the Bible is telling us that salvation is so great. To be born again 
or to be saved is not a small matter. Please follow this thing carefully. And it's the God who was saying something. It takes a split second to be saved. But it will take an entire life to discover the magnitude of that salvation. And the reason being the scriptures is that salvation is so great. Very broad. It's a very broad subject. And every time we meet like this, we uncover various dimensions of salvation. Hallelujah. And on our teaching on what is new about the believer, I strongly believe that this teaching is so necessary because a lot of believers don't know what is new about them. And truth be told, if you don't know what you carry, if you don't know what you are made of, you you live life as a mediocre. Satan will make mess out of your life. You will believe in a lie. There are people who are living in addictions today, and what is keeping them in addiction is that I have tried, I couldn't stop. My father did the same thing. It doesn't work. I don't think I can ever be set free. These are ideologies you've bought that are not scripture. Which is why it's very essential that you know what you are made of because the more aware you are of what you are made of and who is in you, it changes the composition of your life. I'm teaching with you. And we said that the first thing that is new about the believer is his nature. When you get born again, there is a new nature that is imparted to your spirit. And that nature is called the new creation nature. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. The life that you have is called eternal life. In 1 John chapter 5, the verse um, 11, it says, For this is the record that God has given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has that life Whoever has the Son of God has that life. And whosoever does not have the life of God does not. Whosoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Now that word life is not talking about your life. That life there is the life of God. In John 1, uh, the verse 12 and 13. He says, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name next verse he says that you your born again life was not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God which means the new life you have was not a parental decision it's not a human life that you have inside you The life that proceeds from God. Second Corinthians 5 17. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. So you have a new nature. That's number one. We said number two, you have a new power. It should make you so 
joyful. Because a new power is powering your life. In Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 1 to 3, you will realize the Bible says, you and you had he quickened, who were what? Dead in sins and trespasses. That was your former state. You were spiritually dead. A man without Jesus Christ is a walking dead man. Your spirit is dead. And spiritual death is separation from God. Anything that is separated from God is dead. Anything that is united to God is alive. And the Bible says, you he quickened, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now look at the next verse. He says, wherein in time past, he walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh what? In the children of disobedience, telling us that if you don't have Jesus, there is another power controlling you. It's a serious matter here. If you don't have Jesus, another power is controlling your life. The Bible calls that power the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that worketh. So there is a spirit working in any unbeliever. And that spirit is what dominates their lives. But the Bible tells us that when you believe Jesus Christ, now the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and becomes your new power. Tell somebody I have a new power. One more time, I have a new power. Tell someone else I have a new power. So, when you believe Jesus, a new power comes to domicile in your spirit. In Galatians chapter 4, the verse 6, you can see that for yourself. Galatians 4, 6, quickly. The Bible says, and because you are sons, God has sent forth, what? The spirit of his son into your hearts. Crying. Now, let, let me just let you understand something. The new power in you is the very power that raised Jesus from the dead. Another name for that power is called resurrection power. Write that down. Another name for that new power is called what? Resurrection power. And for your information, the resurrection power was the greatest power God ever demonstrated in the history of mankind and creation. We all know that when we read the book of Genesis, we see a display of God's power. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, it was void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And God said, let there be light, there was light. From then, God began to move in the creation process. We saw a display of power, how God called things into being. But when you read Ephesians chapter 1 from the verse 15 to 19, you're going to realize that the greatest power that was ever demonstrated was not in creation. Look at that. He says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for one another, I do not cease to make mention of you in my prayers that the God 
of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Now look, the exceeding greatness of his power. The word exceeding is megatos. Megatos, from which we have the English word megaton, which is an ex, a unit of explosive power equivalent to one million tons of trinitrotoluene. I know you are. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know what's happening to you now. One unit of atomic power was dropped in Hiroshima, and after fifty years, they are still feeling the impact. That's one unit. That's the word. The Greek word for. Greatness. Exceeding is hupabalo, which means beyond the mark. Sorry. So exceeding is hupabalo, which is beyond the mark. So what God did in Christ in resurrection was beyond. And that word greatness is the megaton. He says, of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his what? Mighty power. Next verse. Which he what? Wrought in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And did what? Set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. What? Next verse. Look. Far above. How many? How many? How many? Oh, that is why no Christian must fear again. Because Jesus Christ was raised far and above. How many? All principality and power. And might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also that which is to come. So, any name that will ever be discovered in the future, Christ was raised above it. You don't understand this thing. Never fear demons. When you know this. Never fear principalities when you know this. The reason why they fear Jesus, because Jesus destroyed them on Calvary. And the greatest power raised that Jesus from the dead. Far above all of them. Far above. Which means that <laughs> the reason why this knowledge is so important for you is because whatever happened to Christ did what happen to you? How do I know that? Do you know that God raised Jesus from the dead by the greatest power of the Spirit? Now look at Ephesians 2, the verse 6. Ephesians 2, 6. Look. And has what? Raised us up. What? Together. Together. So when Jesus was raised by the greatest power, you were raised by that same power also. So whatever is true about Jesus is true about you. So if Jesus was raised from the dead by the greatest power, you were raised from spiritual death by the greatest power. So what that means is that the greatest power lives in you. You can never be a slave to pornography. What are you telling me? Do you know the power at work inside you? 
You see, you, you, you have not tapped into the power. You have not activated that power. There are protocols for activating the power of God in you. But no matter what you think you're going through, there are, you need to understand that the greatest power exists inside you. Tell somebody I'm powerful. One more time, I'm powerful. I'm a powerful being. Satan wants you to believe in a lie. He wants you to believe that you're a slave. He wants you to believe that you, you are handicapped. He wants you to believe that you, you, you are a servant of sin. It's not true. No. A new power lives in you. It's called resurrection power. It lives in you. Say, I'm strong. I'm mighty. Because the greater one lives in me. Hallelujah. Bible says unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in him. Hallelujah. Number three, we said you have a new guide. A new guide. What is that guide? The word of God. You have a new guide. So listen to you have this Bible not as a monu monument or as a citation or as a certificate. This Bible is given to you to serve as a guide for your Christian life and experience. Listen to me carefully. In Colossians 3.16, the Bible says, let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you richly. So this thing, it must dwell in you before it can make your life meaningful. It must dwell in you richly, not just dwelling in you, but richly. Have you noticed how difficult it is to read your Bible? Have you realized it? It, it, it seems it's so difficult to read your Bible. One of the ministers was saying that at first I thought prayer was difficult, but I noticed that Reading your Bible seems to be more difficult than prayer. Satan is experienced. Can I repeat again? Satan is experienced. He has worked in men and worked with men for thousands of generations. He knows human behavior. He knows human anatomy. And he also knows God's intent and God's plans. At least he has an idea of it. He knows what the word of God can do to a man's life. He knows. So it is not accidental that you have not read your Bible for one month. No. It, it's, it's not by chance that it has happened that you've not read your Bible for one month. It's an attack. Any day you don't read your Bible, it's an attack. Especially when you had time to Facebook and WhatsApp and Instagram and TikTok and Telegram and Snapchat. If you had time for that and never read your Bible, there was a spirit that moved you into it and never drew your attention to the word of God. I am telling you the truth. And it is that same spirit that will make you neglect and forget God and your relationship with him. 
I'm teaching you. So hear me, if you are not spiritually intelligent, you will soon become spiritually careless. Listen to me carefully. From Monday till today, you never open your Bible. You never listen to a teaching that will edify you. There is no other way we can say it. But to let you know that, you have robbed yourself. You. You robbed yourself. You have opened a door for the enemy to enter your life and afflict you. Oh, I'm teaching good here. <laughs> anyway. Romans chapter 12, the verse 2, the Bible says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So God wants you to renew your mind with the word of God. You have a new guy. In Colossians chapter 3, the verse 1 to 3. Give that to me in NLT. It's so good. The Bible says, since you have been raised to new life in Christ. That's what we are teaching. Set your, what? Your sight. The things you see, set your sight on the realities of heaven. You see, Satan knows this. So, he will, he will misdirect your sight. He will misdirect your sight to reels. He will misdirect your sight to season movies. And these things are earthly things. He says, set your sights on realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Now look at the next verse. Bible says, oh, can we be together? Shout it. One, two, go. Think about the things in heaven, not things of earth. You see that God has given us an instruction and it is our disobedience that brings us problem. There are some of you this way, you say, I don't want peace. I, I want I want what? I want violence. That's what you are saying. When you don't obey this, I don't want peace. I don't want peace for my life. I want war. He says, think about things of heaven. And it is only the word of God that can enable you to think about heavenly things. I have printed this thing I'm teaching you in my prayer room to always remind me to think about heavenly things. So, Satan finds it difficult to sell another thought to me. He, he gets a hard time. He tries his best, but he doesn't survive. As long as I'm in this, nothing enters me. That is not from God. Please, are you following? One version says, fill your mind and your thoughts with throne room realities. Because, see, you know every computer has a system unit, right? Your mind is your system unit. And that is why, you see, it's the system you need running the whole machine. That is why Satan is after your mind. 
He's after your mind. Any wicked thing you did, it began by processing it in your mind. Any good thing you did, it began by processing it in the mind. Satan knows that if your mind is not renewed, you become a tool in his hand. And for your information, your mind is connected to your soul. So that's your system you do. So the more you study the word of God, the more you are upgraded. You install an antivirus. So anytime a virus is coming, to bring you depression, to bring you sorrow, to bring you wicked thoughts, to bring you blasphemous thoughts, to bring you lustful thoughts. The word of God becomes an antivirus that prevents it from spreading. You have a new guy. Word of God. Number four, we said you have a new privilege. And that privilege is what? Prayer. The blood of Jesus Christ has given you access to come to God's presence, to constantly come in fellowship, commune with him. And it's a great sin for God to open a door for you to come approach him and you neglect that. Number five, which is today's message. The fifth thing that is new about the believer is a new relationship. A new what? Relationship. Is there anybody here who is in a new relationship? Show thyself. You are just one week old. So it's so nice. Hi there, hi there. I love you. I was thinking about you. I wanted to find out if everything is okay. Have you eaten today? Is your dog fine? <laughs> you can chat. Sad. I don't know what to talk about. What's the color of your bedroom? What bedsheet are you using? That's it. And I downloaded my quarto or hat. What's the color of your pants? Once and last, they take you over. You call it bottom. If you phone a yell, sir. One person will share. Can you feel me? Feel me. Who are you? Who are you to be felt? Are you the Holy Ghost? Can you feel me? Are you the Holy Ghost? What's that? What she has said? What she has Can you feel me? I mean, you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we said you have a what? A new relationship. Now, it's not what you think I'm going to explain, but you need to pay attention. When you are born again, you have a new relationship status with one, two, three, four systems. Your relationship with those four systems changes. Number one is God. You have a new relationship with God in that God is now your father. God does not father everybody. He is the God of all flesh 
and the father of spirits. When you are not born again, he is the God of your flesh because he created everything. But it is when you are born again that he becomes a father of your spirit. So God is the God of all flesh, but the father of spirits. The spirits of just men that are made perfect. So God is not the spiritual father of everybody. Oh, I'm sure you're doubting now. Look, at, look with me to the book of John chapter 8 so that you know that Satan also has sons. John chapter 8. Look with me to the verse 44. So there are people whose spiritual father is Satan. He says, you have who? You are of your father, the devil. And the last of your father you will do. <laughs> hey! So hear me. If you are not born again, you will do the last of your spiritual father. Satan. Evil desires. Now, what I'm going to say will blow you. So, when you are born again and you receive the life of God inside you, your, your father changes, right? And you are supposed to do the things and the will of your father. So when a child of God who is born again and is still doing the will of his former father, there is a problem. Hmm. So nothing hurts God that you are doing the desires of your ex-God. Are you following me? You see, some of these thoughts have made me hate certain things. The thought is it produces hatred in my heart. Right now, cheating on my wife is not something I'm, I'm trying not to do to hurt my wife. It's not about hurting my wife, it's about hurting my God. I've come, see, I've come to hate certain things with passion. When I think about it, just thinking about it, it makes me hate it. I'm telling you. I can't do the will of Satan. No. He says, you have your father the devil and the last of your father you will do. Why? Because he's the one that bet you. And he says, he was a murderer from the beginning and I bought not in the truth because there there is no truth in Satan. Any revelation to do evil that Satan gives to you is never the truth. There is no truth in him. When he speaks, he speaketh what? A lie. He speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. So that thought that says that when you finish it, you get nice enjoyment. What the Bible is telling you is that Satan is lying to you and you are deceiving yourself. That's what the Bible is saying. And Satan is the father of lies. He will lie to you and make the lie look like it is good until you are done. Let me tell you, Satan uses a system called a credit card system. He will make you spend something you don't have yet in advance that you pay later. 
Do you know when you have a credit card, you don't need fiscal money? There are people who are owing eh, with a credit card system. They have overspent what they have in their account. So the credit system makes you buy something and enjoy it now when you have not paid. So Satan will make you buy things that you enjoy now and you pay later. He does not tell you the payment plan. I'm teaching good here. So, we need to understand that when you are born again, you have a new relationship. Your relationship status with God is a father and son relationship. And let me tell you your former state. In the, before you became born again, you were God's enemy. And I'm going to show you in scripture. Look with me to the book of first, no, first Corinthians, second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18. Look at it yourself. The Bible says, and all things are of God. Who has? Who has? Reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us what? The ministry of reconciliation. Now, can somebody tell me what it means to be reconciled to somebody? Give me a microphone. Let's have an interaction. So what does the thought reconciliation or to reconcile? What does it mean? What idea does it give you? All right? Yes, sir. It's to make a difference. Okay. If there's a dispute between There's a dispute. Uh-huh. I get it. So that means there was a problem. For there to be reconciliation, that means there's a problem. There was a dispute. There was a disagreement. And his agreement was the sin of Adam. Is are you following that? So Jesus Christ was the one who came to do a reconciliation sent by God. So now the new relationship you have with God is that you have been reconciled to God. God is not an enemy to you and you are not an enemy to God. Am I teaching good here? <laughs> now look at me again to Romans chapter 5 verse 1. He says, therefore, being what? Justified. It means being made righteous. So every believer has been made righteous. He says, by faith. Because listen, if God didn't put that word by faith there, there will be a problem. Being justified, being declared righteous in yourself, you know you cannot be 100% right. So God had to, God has to impute it to you and you must believe it. So he says, be justified by faith. We have peace with God through who? Lord, don't forget that. Don't forget that. Listen, when it comes to righteousness, when you remove through our Lord Jesus Christ from there, it becomes self-righteousness. Please, are you following me? The reason why we are righteous is not because we did something right. The reason why we are righteous is because Christ did something right by dying for you. That is why you have to believe it to receive it. Are you getting this? But anyway, that's for another teaching. First Peter chapter 2, the verse 9 and 10. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, 
that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Look at the next verse. He says, which in time past, before you got born again, you were not what? A people. But now, the people of God, which have not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So you are not a people, but now you are the people of God. So now you are a child of God. You are of God now. That's a new relationship. I'm teaching good here. Look with me to the book of uh, Romans chapter 5, the verse 10. I love, I love it, love it. Romans 5, 10. For if when we were, when we were, you are not here, when we were, when we were, <laughs> what happened? You were reconciled to God by death. So the death of Jesus is what made reconciliation possible. God is my friend. God is my father. Much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life. What a privilege. First John chapter 3, the verse 1. He says, Behold what manner of love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be what? Called, called the sons of God. So the relationship we have is what? Sonship. So guess what? God has now become your father and Jesus has become your, your brother. Not your son. Jesus has become what? Your brother. Listen, these thoughts are to guide your prayer, is to guide your thoughts is to guide you. So now, now God wants you to see Jesus as your brother and see him as a father. It should affect the way you think now. So you have a new relationship status. Is that good news? Now, good. So the second system is sin. You have a new relationship with sin. I pray this doesn't take all the time. But Romans chapter... Uh, okay, let's do Ephesians chapter 2, the verse 1 first. Ephesians 2, 1 first. He says, And you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now you are no longer dead in sin. You are now dead to sin. That's your new relationship with sin. To be dead in sin is to be under the dominance of sin. To be dead to sin means that sin no longer has authority over your life. That's your new relationship with sin. As far as sin is concerned, you are dead. Romans chapter 6, the verse 6 to 22. When you go home, go and read that. All these scriptures I'm giving to you that are supposed to be your homework. When you go home, you go and learn them. If you want to be a deep Christian, these are things you must learn to do. Can we read together? Okay. Now, Romans chapter 6, the verse 6. Now, follow as I read. The Bible says, knowing this, that means every child of God must know, that our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Are you seeing your new relationship with sin? <laughs> so you're not supposed to be a servant to sin anymore. Why? Because as far as you're concerned, 
in the crucifixion of Jesus, you die to sin's power. Are you following? Look. Now, he says that, for he that is dead, remember you died in Christ, right? Is free from sin. Look. He says, now if we be dead with Christ, dead with Christ, we believe that we should also what? Live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, death had no more dominion over him. Now look, for in that he died, he died to sin how many times? Once. But in that he lived, he lived unto God. Likewise, count yourselves or recon or account or impute you yourselves to be what? Dead. Indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. I love the verse 12. He says, let not. That, this is a choice now. That means you can let. Are you seeing the New Testament? Sin is more a deliberate action than an accident. Which means a believer today, because he's no longer under the dominance of sin, one of my sons, huh, who was held under captive of sin, he was into all kinds of immorality. And this guy was doing ministry. So he started fasting. He started praying. He started studying the word of God. He started making time for Jesus. Until one day, he fell into a trance and had a dream. In a dream, he was in a prison. And dwarfs were the prison guards. He had been in a prison for very long until he came to his senses. When he came to his senses, he realized that the prison was just a former Omudi India. Omudi India, any Ahoma, Atitri, and an old demon, and a draft, no, Okra, stick. And he was like, ah, so I've been here all this while, and this Lilliput is the one taking, is the one guarding me. Then he became angry, took the sticks that were designed in the prison cage form. He broke it away, and the dwarf was coming. He kicked the dwarf away, and he came out on the prison. And he woke up. Since that day, that sin's power broke. After that dream. So you see, some of you, Satan has has built a stronghold system in your mind that that thing you are in, you will never be able to stop it. So that thing alone is not because it is powerful. But Satan has built a stronghold that seems to be powerful because of your mind. Huh. One man gave a serious scenario. You know what he said? He said that there was an elephant that was giving birth to and lost the period. And the elephant was in a very small, weak cage. Very weak cage. The elephant was in it for 25 years. And after 25 years, the elephant grew very huge and strong. And yet the elephant was in that small cage. And what he said that struck me was that when the elephant was a child, it tried coming out for two years. Couldn't come out. So he developed the mentality that this is too big for me. I can't come out. Until he grew to become 25 years. 
Now that cage mentality has kept the elephant there, not because he has not grown past that cage, but because the cage is now in his mind. There was an eagle in South Africa that was set free after many years. When the eagle was set free, the eagle was still in the cage. They pushed the eagle, the eagle was still there. They pushed the eagle, the eagle was still there. The eagle was there for 10 years. Then, the eagle heard the voice and the sound of three eagles who were flying. When the eagle heard it, he didn't need degree from Legon to know that it was born to fly. Then he started flying, the eagle moved. What was happening to the eagle was that the eagle had been in cage for 10 years and now the cage was not in the eagle. We call that the cage mentality. And that's what Satan is using to manipulate a lot of Christians. He has told you that you can't come out of this. Hey! Stay in it! After all, finish it. That's your life. That's who you are. He has made you feel that that thing you are in is who you are. is a lie. It's a lie. Since dominion over you is broken, I am telling you the truth. And until you rise up to that reality that this is not me. It is not me. I am free from the power of sin. Sin will not hold me bound again. In the power of the spirit, I'm alive in God. And I'm dead to sin's power. Something was not shifting me. Something was not shifting me. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. So you can be a child of God and sin will reign instead of Christ reigning. That you should obey in the last thereof. You see, sin, can I say something? Sin is strengthened the more you obey. This thing I just said will save somebody right now. The more you obey sin, the more you strengthen sin in your life. I have experienced what I'm telling you. It's in the Bible. The more obedience you give to sin, the more strength you give to sin. The more obedience you give to Christ, the more strength you give to Christ's authority to dominate your life. It's as simple as that. So one fornication after another fornication strengthens you in that iniquity. One pornography after another pornography strengthens you in that pornography. One masturbation after one masturbation strengthens you in doing so. The more you engage in this obedience, the more power you give it to dominate your life. So hear me. If you obey the voice of immorality on a daily basis, you give it strength on a daily basis. Huh. These are serious matters I'm sharing with the church. And the church must arise. Because we have so many weak-minded people. We, we, we are so weak in the mind. We are not taught. We are not trained to be strengthened, to be to get up the loins of our mind. We've not been taught that. So hear me. It is to your own disadvantage when you keep obeying sin. That's what will make you a slave to it. That's what scripture is teaching. He says, neither, the verse 13. Yield, yield, yield. Where the yield means to allow, to present. That's what the Bible says. Thank you. It's a kind of dedication. He says, neither yield. So, see, if you want to come out of sin, 
It is more of a choice. It's a decision you must take. It's a decision. I'm not doing it again. One of my uncles loved drinking. He, he can go out and go and chill. Eh? Don't you pork around 12, 1 a.m. They'll eat wache at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Then they'll add alcohol to it. He did it for years. They said, you stop. He said, you won't stop. Stop, you won't stop. Stop, you won't stop. Then he had diabetes. And his legs was rotting. Until one herbalist came to help him and his leg was restored. After his leg was restored, there was anointing. An anointing came upon him. Eh? That is not from God. Though. It's called anointing, anointing of fear. Since that day, we didn't know that he had the grace to stop it. He stopped it till now. He stopped it. That means all along, the grace to stop was in there. Eh? But he didn't convince himself. The thing is in the mind. You permit Satan first in your mind. Ah, it's simple. You permit him first in your mind. I'm telling you. You have to decide in your mind that I'm going to fornicate. You have to decide in your mind that I'm going to lie. You have to decide in your mind that this is what I'm going to do. Then your mind prepares you for it. So when the time comes, you don't have strength because your mind became a value, a conviction you possessed. I reminded myself that it's a shame for me to masturbate. The thing is, it's a shame when Jesus is looking at me because David said, Whither shall I hide from your presence? Or where shall I go from your spirit? When I ascend to heaven, you are there. When I make my bed in hell, you are there. So everywhere I am, God is eternally beholding me. When I came to that consciousness that God sees me anywhere I am, that thing is a revelation. God is looking at me. Then I'm removing my shorts in the presence of God. A fairy, I'm telling you, a fairy, a mummy. So now I am shy. You see, do you realize that you will be shy when you are removing your dress to a stranger? Can you think that way in your relationship with God? When you are doing something in God's presence, someone you respect. Is here, man of God. Is here. One man of God said, There's a revelation that kept him from immorality. He said, After he married, and all kinds of temptation came, he, he had to come to me. He said, Ah, that hole eh, in my wife's leg isn't it the same hole inside another lady? That same hole, or the value is not the same. Okay. He said, that enjoyment I get isn't the same thing I get from here. And he realized, no, Satan is just some wicked devil who is just making arrangements to destroy you. That's somebody in the same hole. It's a message, oh, not a sausage, oh. So many 
picks up at it. It doesn't make sense to him. So listen, you must have strong perspectives. Strong perspectives about sin. Strong convictions that will guide you. So you see, if you don't have revelation that you hang on to, the temptations of the devil will overcome you. So listen, you arm your mind. Listen, when you watch a movie and then all kinds of sexual activities there, Satan is giving you revelation. He's giving you insight. No, you see, it's a serious but I'm telling you. So people have not realized that when you are even watching movies, it's a war. War is ongoing. The moment you wake up from sleep, even in sleep, the, war, the battle is still going on. The moment you wake up, your, your Christian life has begun. War has begun. The one who greeted you good morning, war has begun. So you need to be alert. Alert on guard at every time. When somebody wants to carry with you, it's a war. Because you woke up, you are going to pray, and somebody says, I didn't know Jimmy. At that time, hey, me, who's went Jimmy? And you were going to say thank you, Jesus, in your prayer room. At that time, the war has begun. What the person is doing was affecting your heart. And you see, the engine room of prayer is the heart. So Satan said, this guy is going to pray. He went and touched this one's mind. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no. So this person does not know he's being manipulated. So a lot of people are manipulated into your life. And you didn't know because you didn't have discernment. And sometimes can even use your wife or your husband. Listen to me. Oh. See, see. A Christian cannot be demon-possessed, but a Christian can be influenced. When Jesus was going to die, Satan influenced Peter to tell Jesus, Master, you will not die. You shall live to declare the good works of God. And Jesus said, Satan, get thee behind me. Oh! Hear me? Anything that resists the will of God in your life is a satanic assignment. By the grace of God, I now have a certain level of intelligence. So I know it when Satan is inspiring something. Because if that Christian who didn't do the morning devotion is around, he is available for use. So Satan can use any nearby. Nearby. Carnal believer. To destroy and corrupt the integrity of your work with God. So sometimes you check a carnal girl who doesn't know about dressing and you wear a dress. You come and tempt her. And you also see it and you look at it like this. Ah, Onto ah, the vanishing point. <laughs> By the time you are done, the thoughts will come. And see, see, I'm telling you the processes Satan uses and all these things in the Bible. So now that you saw that half-naked girl with the ties, the part of the breast open, then Satan will remind you of the previous pornography you watched. The image. He says, so he'll connect. Connect this one. Connect this one. Then your mind, the thing is going. The next day, he'll bring the mind again. Do you remember the girl you saw yesterday and the pornography you watched? And if you have already done fornication for a number of times, he'll remind you, do you remember the pleasure you had? How you pushed the girl on the bed and you tore her dress? You remember? <laughs> oh, you don't know. He'll remind you of it. Then the, the desire, before you realize the, the desire is growing, 
then your appetite. Ah, 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 already the see already the fornication has begun, but he's preparing you for it. Are you getting So already you are ready for war without knowing. So at that time, he has made your, your mind weak about God. So when you have the word of God, that is when the battle begins. When you see that girl, you remember Job 31. He said, I have made a covenant with my eyes not to behold a lady lustfully. Then you turn off your eyes. When your eyes say, Oh, you don't know. You don't know what I'm talking about. I saw one beautiful lady the last time, and I, I was walking. And when I saw the lady, something said, Watch twice. I said, If you watch twice, it was deliberate. I know that revelation. So I watched the thing, and then I kept moving. I'm stronger than this. And the truth be told, the moment you, you pass once, you don't watch again. Do you realize that when you move after one minute, you forget? Yes, that's what Satan. He wants you to remember. The moment I passed, I've even forgotten how the girl looked like. I've forgotten how she looked like. So the thing is in the mind. The mind. Tell somebody the mind. If Satan gets hold of your mind, he gets hold of your life. David had to see that lady bathing. When he saw the lady bathing, he forgot that he was a warrior. And he said, go and get me that girl. Go and get me that girl. And they told him that this girl is, a, is someone's wife. He said, I'm from a home. You see the power of the mind. And already, David had broken a law for kings. God gave a law for kings and said that every king should marry one. Now David married more than one wife. So what happened is that the desire to take other women became, became already a foundation for him. So now, taking another woman who is someone's wife was no longer a problem because he broke God's law. So listen, that law, when God says make a covenant with your eyes never to behold a woman lustfully, you broke that law and you watched lustfully. Already you don't do your devotion, you don't read the word of God. So the thing that will fight to help you, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to the word of God. You have broken those laws. And you see, you will have to break God's laws a lot of times before you sin in that. What I'm teaching you is not, it's not something I'm teaching from a book. It's something I've applied in my life and I've seen how weak Satan is. I have seen how powerless Satan is. And I've realized that when you give him your mind, that's when he keeps you. If you want to hate anybody, meditate on the things that people did to you. Have you realized the more you think about it, the more the pain you receive? That is the secret. So anything that you want to strengthen, think about it and see what happens to you. Think about it. Why is it that you broke up with a guy and you, you are still sleeping with a guy? You are broken up or you are still sleeping with a guy. When you go home, the memories of your past is what Satan is luring back. And they call it so tight. The thing is in the mind. So if you are not strong minded, you said you have left the guy, let him go. He comes back to use the previous things that happened. And he says, 
Baby, I'm sorry. You know this guy is a cheat already. Baby, I'm sorry. Baby, yes. Then the thing happens. Baby, I'm sorry. Baby, I'm sorry. The thing happens. Then you got pregnant. Like, baby, I'm sorry. So listen. You, many Christians don't know that this thing begins from the mind. If you are not strong here with the word of God, you will not be strong in any part of you. Because your mind controls your body. Your mind controls the activity of your body. Please, I'm, see, God is speaking to someone's heart. That's what listening to. Yes. Enough of, enough of, uh, I don't know why I can't stop. What, what do you mean by I can't stop? Do you know who you are? Don't disgrace the name of Jesus. Do you know what God has put inside you? What are you telling me? Let me read this. Yesterday I was checking through the archives and I saw this and I said, come on, see. What is happening? The youth don't understand this. The youth is looking for pleasure. That's what they're looking for. But they don't know that that's, that's the trap Satan is setting to destroy them. Look at this, this foolish message. I stay with my mom, stepfather, and stepbrother. My mom works far from home and only comes home weekends. My stepfather is a teacher and my stepbrother is just lazying about at home. I have been sleeping with my stepbrother secretly since 2020. Late last year, my stepfather used money to lure me into bed with him. So I sleep with him whenever he wants and he gives me money. My boyfriend stays five streets away from my house. So this is three in one. My boyfriend stays five streets away from the house and I see him whenever he's not at school. My problem is I just discovered I'm HIV positive. I have no idea who I got it from. I am not sure if my mom and stepfather use protection. How? How can they use protection when they are married? But I am scared for her. I am stressed about my own health and also about my mom because she is a good woman. I want to tell all these people about my positive result, but doing so will expose that I have been sleeping with all of them and it might cause a bigger problem. Please help a girl out. Sleeping with your stepfather, sleeping with your stepbrother, and sleeping with your boyfriend. You must have a demon inside you to do that. I'm telling you. But your stepfather is on top of you and you allowed it. Your stepbrother is on top of you and you allowed it. She's HIV positive, which means that technically all the three of them have HIV. And now the mother who is innocently working hard to take care of you is now going to have HIV positive also. You see the wickedness in the heart of people. And we keep warning people, they think that you are trying to be legalistic. You don't get this thing. Listen, the problem sin can bring to you, you have no idea. The problem immorality can bring to you, you have no idea. We dealt with a serious case this Friday. I can't tell you about it because it's, it's messy. He was into this thing for years. Now he has developed a serious health challenge out of that thing. It comes with problems, with diseases. It comes with complications. It comes with demonic manifestations. And one of the highest levels of satanic manipulation is sex. 
That is what the Bible says. Whoever commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Hear me. Any day you keep committing immorality, something dies in you. Something dies in you. Every time something dies. That is why nobody can keep an active spirituality as long as he's dominated by lust. That's why it's difficult to pray. That's why spiritual life comes down. You can't read your Bible. You lose concentration. Everything affects you. Your education will even be affected. What you are working in. Listen, walk out and be bold about it. Walk out of that life. That boy is not married to you. You are not married to him. You can't be sleeping with him. You are destroying and corrupting your own soul. I'm telling you. Satan is having outlets. I read about one occult man who is now in Christ. You know what he said? He said, when we use young girls like that for sexual manipulation, what happens is that one of the things we do to them is that now we use their private parts as animals. So you, they can turn your private parts into the anus of an elephant or an ear of an elephant. You marry, you will never have a child because in the spirit, when your husband has sex with you, it enters into the ear of an animal. I said, what is this? So a lot of people, out of ignorance, they say, I'm in love. You know love? You are in love. So you seal the love with sex. There's a reason why God confines sex within marriage. Because anytime sex goes out of marriage, you are walking in the prohibited zone. You know you can enter a company in the right out of bounds. That means anything that happens to you there is a serious matter. They don't have anything to say about it. So many people are walking in prohibited zone. That's why it's called lust. Lust is a strong desire that is prohibited. Yes. And many Christians don't know. Many young girls don't know. Many young guys don't know. And they are laughing that they slept with one cheap girl. You are funny. You are funny. Listen to me. Most of the problems young men get in their future, financial problems, emotional problems, all these difficulties, it began with someone they had sex with. They forgot him. Someone they open their legs to, they forgot him. And young girls of today will open their legs to anybody. You don't even know him. I got so interested eh, in listening to some of these people who have converted either from witchcraft or and I realized that revelations are shocking. He said, as for the young girls, we just have to give them money. When they take it and we sleep with them, what we get from it is more than what they got from us. So you thought you said that many <laughs> five thousand. Do you know what they got from you? In the realm of the spirit, the spirit is the highest weapon and currency for making spiritual purchases. I'm telling you, that's the highest. Because of the spiritual energy a sperm carries. That is why anytime you masturbate, you have released an energy. Do you know a sperm has the power to create a spirit? Because it's a sperm that enters a woman, that brings a child, that child grows and becomes a spirit. So your sperm is as strong as a spirit. So Satan is looking for it. The water in a woman is strong. That's why Satan is looking for it. I am telling you some serious stuff here. And some of you need to go to God and say, God, anywhere I've engaged, anywhere I've placed any part of my body for any kind of sin, Lord, please cleanse me. You need it. Because some of you, your problem started with the sex you had. That you didn't understand. That's where it started from. And Jesus is speaking to you. That thing you think you are enjoying carries problems. That thing you think you are enjoying, it carries problems. You will ask nothing is working in your life. Any relationship you go in, they just use you and they leave you. 
It's a spirit. Now you are being a tool that Satan is using. I'm telling you. You need help from the Lord. Never give in to that sexual matter. If Satan wants you to destroy you, he said, if I don't have sex with him, he will leave me. Let him leave you. Let him leave you. You become a woman of substance. Let him leave you. Do you know what you save yourself from? Or when you are walking in peace, you don't want peace. Listen to me. How, see, how much do you need? 2,000 Ghana cities. We can finish today. And some of you, they have sex with you. They give you money and you are buying dresses. Shoes. So you sold something of such expensive nature for a shoe and for a mobile phone. Oh. And some, they slap with you in a car. You don't even have integrity. The man did not even respect you to take you to a hotel in his car. You are cheap. You are cheap. You are cheap. You have reduced the, the thing God has put in. Look at how. Oh I don't know when this holy anger has come. But God is speaking to somebody who is about to or who is already into. And God is speaking to your heart. That you are trending on a path that is destructive. And you will not know it now. Wait until you have syphilis. And your treating is not going. And you are saying, place your hands there for healing. And the healing is not coming. Wait until you have HIV AIDS. And for the rest of your life, you will be taking drugs. For information, when you have HIV, there is no cure for you. No cure for you. You'll be living on drugs all the days of your life. You, you can't take, you, you can't do fasting. Let me just add it to it. You can't do fasting. Because your medication, you have to eat every day. You become big. Now you'll be thinking anytime you wake up in the morning, I may have you positive. Now it becomes suicidal. I've been used. Who did this? And I said, Ha, ah, they did this to me. I'll do something to them. Then now revenge comes to mind. Then now you see how you're corrupting your life. And you want to give it to all the men because you are in pain. Now your life becomes complicated. Just by five minutes, ten minutes. And the boy was not even handsome. Oh, please. What I'm saying, if you take it serious. You deliver your own soul from destruction. You deliver it. You deliver your own soul. Please rise up on your feet. If you are listening to me and something is telling you that don't mind this man of God, just know that it's not from God. Yes. Because sin can make you proud. I'm telling you, it can make your heart hard. That is when Satan is preparing to destroy you. You want to pray the Lord. That new power and ability you have placed in me. Lord, let that power strengthen my spiritual life to overcome all the tendencies of sin. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Lift your voice and begin to pray. Shadako veletakala. Sumalako. I need help from you, Jesus. 